0: Are you ready to Hello home? everyone and welcome yeah. to friends. I'm Sabrina Ray and with me is my motley crew, my, my odd taxis.
1: Who are you people? Tell, tell the people who you are. Once again, I am Don Monson. Wait, do we do last names? I forget. <laughs> I mean, I've always wanted to give you a new
0: last name, but Bone Man just never took off the way I hoped it would. You know,
1: I'm in such an in-joke. It's like a 40-year-old in-joke. Um, I'm a 40-year-old in-joke.
0: <laughs> Except I'm so, not 40. But...
1: Yeah, and here I am in sunny Chicago, bringing you the in-depth analysis that you crave from my unique point of view. All right,
0: Victoria, can you top that? <laughs> no, I'm Victoria. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Everyone's doing well, I hope. Staying cool out there in the as the summer hits its dog days,
1: it's really been a hot summer, um, but I'm not sure that people are here for our take on the weather.
0: No, no, we're talking about odd taxi, and that's the kind of thing we talk about on this show. We talk about the the ones that fell through the cracks or the ones that everyone loves, but no one actually like watched. <laughs> <laughs> everyone just says they love them. it's like those books you have on your shelf that you bought or whatever that your friends told you to buy that and like you, you bought oh and you you've never crazy and individual. You've never cracked the spine for me those are more games i think i have a stack of games in my back catalog that i have never played i just started playing tiny tina's wonderlands with my friend derek uh because we were in the same room and you can play at couch co-op together uh, if you haven't played it, it's like Borderlands, but D&D with like kind of like a juvenile sense of humor. But the point is, it's it's like I had that game since launch <laughs> and it took until now to finally crack it open. And I've definitely seen people with like bookshelves full of uncracked spines. That's not going to fly with me. Crack those spines. I was going to say, I work very hard to keep
1: the spines of my books intact so they don't look worn. But, you know, you do you.
0: No, now you know that people like me are out there judging you (laughs) during your Zoom meeting.
1: Judging me incorrectly.
0: (laughs) Possibly, yes. Uh, We're talking about episodes seven through nine this week of Odd Taxi. So far, it's been a great show. And we get introduced to a brand new character this week that they've sort of been teasing. And this is one of the characters that Victoria was like dying to know my take on. So <laughs> before I get to you, Victoria, I'm gonna ask Don for his take because you already know how I feel. Don, are you like into Yano and what he does? Like the, the thing where he like raps and, and he's accompanied by a beat and like all of his dialogue kind of rhymes. Like, I haven't listened to the English, which is done by Darius Johnson. I've only listened to the Japanese, which is done by an artist named Meteor. Uh, But maybe that also sways you. What is your take on Yano,
1: Um, the hedgehog? So so many thoughts. I guess the first one is, it is impossible to divorce any character like this from my experience of Parappa the Rapper. Um, Oh, yes. Good reference. And as a result, I consider all such characters to be somewhat derivative of that um, awesome uh, dog. Was it a dog? Um, it was a dog. Parappa. It
0: was a dog. And Parappa the Rapper was, uh, was a CD, it was a PS1 game originally. Uh, I think it's had it had one sequel and it probably had a reboot at some point, but Parappa the Rapper was crazy good. It had like six levels and you had to use your controller to like, uh, kind of like rhythm game, his rapping. Um, but I remember one level where if you do like freestyle and you just like make him go like nuts, kind of like almost like he's having a, a stroke. <laughs> um, if you do it in the right rhythm, uh, you can ascend to like Nirvana or something in the level. And it's like, you get to go to the toilet.
1: Um that wasn't very compelling as an explanation, but Per Rapper the Rapper was an excellent game. And really any rapping cartoon of any sort that I see um, feels derivative uh subsequently. Um the the rapping was perfectly fine on the English dub. Um I actually give high marks to any rapper who names himself Meteor, so I'd actually like to hear the rhythms of the Japanese. Um I might go back and, and do that. Um but uh yeah that that's that's what came to my mind. Do I like the character? I actually find both of the gangster characters uh to be very interesting because they're they're they appear to be a little more dimensional um than than I was expecting um like dobu <laughs> dobu has a lot of facets to him um that being said uh I don't know enough yet about. Yano, uh, I think we're just going to have to see more or I'm going to have to see more before I have more of an opinion. And I can't quite... I guess the show assumes that I understand what a badger game is, but I don't know how common a term that really is. Do you think you could shed some light on that? I have
0: never heard the term badger game until this. Uh, I always thought of it more like a honeypot. But um, I guess the specific way of like sort of like catfishing someone online in order to like scam them out of money uh, or. Yeah, I suppose that would be either a honeypot or catfishing in the common vernacular. But I could be wrong and there could be a term badger game and there could be a movie called Badger Game by Guy Ritchie. I don't know. I I just don't know.
1: I do notice that right there in uh, dictionary.com, they define badger game as an extortion scheme in which a woman places a man in a compromising position and then victimizes him by demanding money when her male accomplice, pretending to be an outraged husband or relative, enters and threatens violence, scandal, etc. So there you go. So it is a
0: variation on a honeypot. Which is just when, you know, sexy person lures someone into something uh, like a, a sexy woman would lure a guy into a compromising position and then blackmail and or rob him. So that's usually or 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 set up or it's like a, the FBI sets up a honeypot like a sting operation in order to like get people who um, are engaging in illegal prostitution or something like that.
2: Vocabulary lesson of the day, week.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Victoria, I know you're dying to talk about Yano. I or am. Perhaps, probably, perhaps the rapper Um, my favorite Um Jamalami, who is the uh, who is the guitar rock llama, I think by the same like creators.
2: Yeah, I, I never played any of them. I've saw, I remember seeing pictures of them in magazines. Useful.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, they're, you can't hear them in the magazines, but you you might be able to like like uh, imagine what they sound like.
2: There, there's also a good Mega Sixty Four skit where um, is there, do we? I guess do people still know what Mega Sixty Four are? They're like they're like kind of like an OG skit skit like YouTube skit kind of thing. And one of their one of their stick is one of their recurring gags is that the like. Go act out a video game in real life. So one of them goes around goes around like poorly rapping over a beat as dressed as far to sees how people respond. And actually that's 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 it's it's actually probably a pretty it's probably the best live action Yano.
0: <laughs> right, right. <laughs>
2: like,
0: yeah. So you yeah. agree with Don on sort of the you, you agree with Don that like that character has a nice like a little bit of I don't know what to call it. You agree with Don that uh, there's a bit of a bit of the old parap or the rapper there
2: i'll go with that yeah
0: <laughs> cool uh-huh. uh, t- tell think... us about tell us about yano why do you like him
2: yeah so
0: why do you love I, him?
2: I love it i love yano he's pretty much my odd taxi boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> like you know watching at the point i was i was you know it was i was enjoying the show i was gripped but I didn't have a favorite character yet. And then he just like instantly, he just like instantly became that. Cause you know, we've already, we've already got these, we've already got these deep nuanced characters like Dobu. What we need is like, at this point is some really cartoonish villain to play off to, you know, someone who's even worse than Dobu to play off of him. And why not like go all the way and make that and make him a rapping porcupine. Just that, that ever, that like, yeah, know first reaction, just to kind of just stare in silence because he's just, like so, so um especially awkward, I guess. I, I get the sense that Otoka was kind
1: of like, this just doesn't compute when he's staring at at, uh, at Yano. Like it just, it doesn't even register on him. It's like this is this is just too much outside the the realm of what should be happening.
0: I believe the kids call that being extra. And I, I think Yano's
1: a little extra for me as well. Yeah, Yano is very extra, and I guess I mean I'm waiting I I wanna see more nuance because I feel like all the characters have some level of nuance. I, well, I take that back. Certainly our a lot of our main characters have nuance. Um, and I'm I feel like there's more interesting tension between Dobu and Yano than there is in a lot of the other relationships, to be honest. So I am curious to see how it plays out.
0: I don't want to give it away, but I feel like I feel like my first impression of Yano changes uh, when 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 you get to the end of the series. So there's like a couple moments where it feels like they pay off some of this in a big way that I thought worked really well. So. Uh, but initially I was I was a little annoyed by him. I can't lie. He's he's very much in these episodes. Like when he's when he's in the, the scene, like the soundtrack is his, everything's like sort of swirling around him, and I feel very much like Orokawa, where I'm like I'm just sort of weathering him. <laughs> but I am impressed. I am impressed. Uh also I think one of the reasons that I'm annoyed by him particularly is that I watch these shows in Japanese, and for the most part, I understand them. But it's kind of like a Japanese person trying to understand, like, what Eminem's doing, you know? Like, uh, like a native speaker who's, like, maybe, like, studied English in school or something, but, like, isn't, like, a linguistic master, you know? So, like, Yano, I can't follow what he says, hardly at all. I I get lost pretty quickly. So it would actually be better for me if I was listening to him rap in English because then I could like really feel it more, I think. Maybe,
1: Uh, but then like me, you might end up looking at subtitles.
0: (laughs) That could also happen too. I'm just saying that like, there are probably a lot of people like me that have like some and a good base of Japanese language skills. But when it comes to things like rap or like, um, it, it, w- it would take me like sitting with the lyrics and like really just like going through them like line by line to really get everything I want out of it. So yeah, it's not the, char- it's not the, the character's fault. The performance is great, but yeah. You know what it reminded me of, Don? I think you'd get this most. It reminded me of Roadblock from G.I. Joe, how he used to, he used to like make these poems up on the spot.
1: Wow, that's a throwback.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's a hedgehog, so he's pretty cute in his own way. But he's he is cute.
1: I mean, he's a cute character. I find the animal aspects of these characters to be sort of underutilized. Mm. Um, I have. I struggle to see how them being animals changes the nature of the show meaningfully, at least so far. It's not like, you know, somebody's like, excuse me, I need to go molt or, you know, no one is, <laughs> no one is, uh, doing anything that, that requires, exactly. uh, their, their animal characteristics. Well, we're coming from *Beastars*,
0: where it's all, it's all part of the characters. It's all part of everything they do. Uh, or even Zootopia or something where it's clear that they live in a world made for animals. This just looks like our world, but with an animal painting on top of it. Like,
1: Yes, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, and I, I guess that was something that Beastars did so well that I'm now sort of spoiled by it. It's like that that was in the nature of those characters was intrinsically tied to the animals that they were. Um, and here, that's not the case.
0: I would so say far, though, at least. I would say though, that, um, the animal that each character is does match their sort of personality. Would you say that's true? What's the personality of a pygmy hippo? I mean, just look at the way he carries himself and breathes in the performance. I, I think that it kind of works with that face.
2: IFOs are Twitter masters.
0: Yeah, you're right. <laughs> the pygmy IFOs are well known in the wild.
1: <laughs> Only the have... pygmy ones, though.
0: <laughs> but I would honestly say, like,
2: you know, is it possible that the dissonant the dissonance is meant to make you think?
0: Possibly.
1: Possibly. I mean, <laughs> I can see that. I can see there being some like you can add that dimensionality to it but it's not as apparent. And so I I am left with the trying to interpret whether or not this character is reflective of their of their animal counterpart. Like I don't normally think of gorillas as doctors. If we're going to I do. <laughs> okay.
2: I feel like um, I'm like I, the English teacher here.
1: <laughs> I I don't see that richness of that dimensionality flowering even if i just sit here and try and think of examples and it's not necessarily a criticism of the anime i I like the anime but um uh but it's just a different usage
0: agreed and i think that what i was trying to get at was more of a physical presence i guess like goriki has kind of a gorilla-like demeanor i guess i i'm not saying like gorillas in the wild where there's like someone beating their chest and like huffing and puffing and stuff, but sort of like the size and the girth and the, the sort of deeper voice and the, I don't know. It's gorilla enough. Like, you know, uh, Baba is sort of, he's sort of amiable. And uh, I don't know, a horse is kind of, I, I just went to the world equestria center. That's a good place to segue. <laughs> <laughs> I watched horse jumping and I wore a horse print dress and horse shoe earrings. And I was like, I hope the horses like me.
2: <laughs> you, know, it would, you know, you gotta, you gotta impress the animals sometimes.
0: Sometimes
2: it, it, you do. <laughs> could actually go to anecdote about that. Um, so I like, I volunteer. So aside from when my foot is injured, which is now, um, I volunteer at a, I volunteer at a bird clinic and I remember one of one of the one of the pigeons there at the time, like really really liked earrings and was like flying on everyone's shoulder Flying on the shoulders of people who had earrings and playing with them. So I just like showed up the next week wearing like really bright, flashy earrings and I was like, oh I, I just dressed up to impress a pigeon.
0: <laughs>
1: I I totally got work. that.
2: <laughs> and he didn't he didn't play on my shoulder. I he didn't play at the earrings. I was I was really I felt really like shut down.
1: It's tough to get rejected by a bird. Yeah. It is. I said, I
2: do. I gave you seed. What ore do you want?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
0: So in this episode, I thought one of the funniest, in episode seven, I should say, because we've been kind of covering seven, eight, and nine all together. But in episode seven specifically, I really thought like um, the stuff between uh, Odakawa and the younger Daimon brother, is that Genshiro or Koshiro? It's Koshiro, right? So I really like the stuff between him and Koshiro. It was like this very long, funny, like series of gags where he was like, your brother's evil. And he's like, well, he does choose to be black and Othello, And he always chooses to be the Oni or the, the demon in, in tag, you know, Oni tag in Japan is called Onigoko, which is like playing at being devils, which is like, uh, there's a there's a holiday where you throw beans at the devils to get them out of your house it's like, <laughs> I guess you grab them by the horns or something anyway there's stereotypically evil things and the setup is that uh, that his brother is evil but then <laughs> he's like but I asked my brother if he was evil and he said I'm not
1: yeah I so this was I thought one of the more effective dialogue um, aspects of this show where I found it inherently believable that Odakawa could lead um, Koshiro, I think it is um, sort of lead him around mentally and get him to the place where he wanted him to be. Um, and I agree that it was done with a great deal of humor and a great deal of um, of, of, of good, I thought this was good writing.
0: Yeah, me too. And I, and it's an interesting little verbal match they have there, where he's kind of like trying to get him to reveal why he hates taxi drivers so much. And it's literally that his mom and dad were killed by a taxi. <laughs> like it's like
2: it's like um, the Corolla Deville movie.
0: Oh, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, yes. I, I, I figure like, I'm like, wait, no, I'm saying it first. I was super shocked. I don't know if you saw it with Emma Stone, Don, but I was super shocked that I, I, everyone who thought about, like, oh, what are they going to do for Cruella's origin story? Have her mom killed by Dalmatians? Ha ha. And it literally happens in the movie.
1: <laughs> so you have ruined that for me, but I can say that... Uh... I, I'm I'm pleased that this is how it was ruined for me.
0: <laughs> it's I genius. It. <laughs> it's genius. She's standing at a cliff, and the Dalmatians like jump at her and push her over. It's not even
1: they don't even like bite her or like. Are they evil Dalmatians or are they just playful I guess, Dalmatians?
0: I guess they're trained. I don't want to cool. ruin the, the big sh- the big surprising reveals, but uh, okay, I'll I'll just I'll have to see it for myself. They are, they're they're mean animals. Dalmatians can be very aggressive.
1: Most animals have a mean streak if pushed or shoved or what have you.
0: It's just a very Diamond Brothers way
2: of thinking about it. Are the Dalmatians evil? Are the Dalmatians evil? (laughs) Are they? (laughs) You know, well, you know, they killed Corolla Deville's mom. But, you know, I asked them if they were good boys and they said they were good boys.
0: What did you guys, where'd you guys fall on the uh, the meta sort of humor about the fact that the younger Daimon is like, just saying flat out, like right out in the open, like, so you have the high school girl in your closet, (laughs) the missing high school girl is in your closet, right? Because like, until now, the show seems to be ridiculously over the top teasing that that was the case or that something like that is, is what's happening. And it feels like the audience is being called out here. And I'm wondering if you like, if you kind of appreciated that or if you thought it was too much or where do you guys fall on that?
1: Well, it, it was another big tease. Cause obviously we don't find out, but yeah, I, I was, uh, I thought it was again, done with the right level of humor and the right level of, Oh, you know, you're not going to get to see this here, but obviously, you're. We can't help but draw your attention back to it. You'll never be able to forget this until it's resolved.
0: V.
2: Hmm. At this point, I had a pretty good guess of what was going on, so I just kind of saw it as a further a further tease that a further tease that you want the answer, but you're not going to get it. So basically, same. Except cool. That it was, except I had sort of figured it out. Sorry.
0: (laughs) No, it's all good. It's all good. I mean, there's like a, there's a part where he like the closet, like he spoke, he speaks to the closet dweller at the end and he tapes up the window and he's like, you can't escape now. And it's, it's kind of ominous. It ends in an ominous place. And this is the same time where they're revealing that the body of the high schooler was found. Right.
2: Mm, yeah
1: because yeah yeah, there was some sort of radio radio um
0: or what they think is a high schooler i'm not sure what the what the exact verbiage was around that
2: um right now right now they just said i think it was like a woman between certain teenage years to certain adult years like but you know you've been watching the show you can put two and two together yeah. <laughs> like it's not you know this is not it's it's not it's not expect it's not expecting you not to put things together. But yeah, there is that there is that shot where they they show they show the news report that the body is found and then they cut to as saying good girl to the closet. Yeah. And I think you know when when I tend to see things like this like I quest, I question I question you know I I question I question is this supposed to be is this supposed to be misleading? Is this supposed to be am i supposed to take this at face value
0: and what did you where did you come come up with that where did you land on that
2: i figured teasing
0: yeah probably like
2: right. leading lead, leading leading you i always i some always, um, well i don't always but i figured it was misleading in this case
0: another person who's being misled here's a here's <laughs> a here's a segue for you don this is the part where you laugh Another person huh. that's being misled is Kakihana who uh he's he's got people knocking on his door want their want their loan money back and he makes a run for it but then he runs right into um Shiho he runs right into Shiho's waiting arms and that's exactly where they're waiting for him to, to nab him to make him pay for taking out those loans and lying to them, basically, because he wasted their time, because he can't pay any of it back. So,
1: yeah, that was that was poorly done on everybody's part. Oof, really. That is
0: that is just a brutal scene, isn't it? When uh, when Yano makes him call his mother, yep. to like face up, like Yano gets annoyed by him, right? About by his like weird. I don't know, because he's even as he's in the face of realizing that he's been duped, he still holds together, he still holds this like sort of delusional optimism that somehow what he had with Shiho was real still. And Yano just is annoyed by it and seems to want to just like dispel all of that and also seems to enjoy raking him across the coals.
1: Yes, like you've been totally duped, you're an idiot. And I like to rub your nose in it, it's not going to get any better for you.
2: And it's not going to get any bad for him, too, because he just, because he picked him, he picked, he right,
1: picked, he a, picked a bad target. mark. Yeah.
2: He was like, people lie about their money on the internet?
0: What? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we can't expect too much from Yano because he rides a scooter, okay? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have a tact. And Yano is interesting because being being depicted as a hedgehog or looking like since he is a hedgehog and we sort of see him getting very, I don't know if I want to say introverted, but he seems to have moments where he needs privacy to himself to listen to his tunes or kind of like zone out. It's interesting to see him kind of like get pushed because he definitely seems to have sort of that eccentric these eccentric little quirks about him that suggest that he, he really
1: doesn't want to have to do these things. I mean, I didn't get that from this, at least so far, he seemed perfectly content in.
0: Oh yeah. 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 But I mean, he, he was definitely in his zone when, when they came to bother him with further details, like, um, what's his face showing up, Orokawa and Yamamoto showing up and all of that stuff.
2: And I love Sekig- he- Sekiguchi just goes along with it. He's like, he's busy right now. He's like, checking his, he's like, he's like, he's busy. To- he's busy listening to his SoundCloud.
0: Yeah. SoundCloud. <laughs> like he's got to practice his, his raps, you know, yeah. got to.
2: I-, I love that. I love that. I love that juxtaposition in him that he's very like, it's right, he's he's kind got of a lot of really cute mannerisms, and I think especially in the Japanese dialogue, I like I both I like both the Japanese and English, both his Japanese and English voice. By the way, um, his English voice, his English voice, uh, his English voice is is cooler. The the Japanese one, it's a little more, it's a little more gruff. It's kind of like gruff and cuddly, like a teddy bear with a knife. Ooh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but, he, but he's also like. Shockingly cruel and violent, like even 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 Dobu's got a bit of a heart.
0: Dobu seems uh, positively cuddly by comparison. Yeah. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, we see Dobu interact with Kabasawa finally in this in the ninth episode, uh, where, well, we can talk about trick or treat, and say that, Kabasawa. Uh finally seems to be actively trying to catch Dobu. And he has these followers who all dress up in the same sort of costume. And one of them one of them gets ensnared by Dobu's trap and gets beat up, but Kawasawa is there and gets footage of it, right? Yeah. So. His followers still believe in him at that point, And then over the next two episodes, that sort of starts to fall apart. And he's sort of pushed into a corner where uh, his girlfriend sort of belittles him. I guess that's his girlfriend. It's just the woman he's sleeping with. But I think she's part of the reason why his popularity is, is taking off. And he's not really acknowledging her role in it. because I think she was at the club where the shooting took place. Is that correct? Wow. I, I missed That's that something.
2: detail. Yeah. I don't think I did either. I don't think I got that either.
0: Well, I don't want to, I don't just... want to commit to it unless it's like yeah. clear to everyone, but I I do think that, uh, that she probably has helped him in some ways because she hasn't really, we haven't really seen much of her. <laughs> um, But here, let's just say that she's just the person he's sleeping with it's part of him his rise his celebrity star rising and and he's he's become kind of a sellout yeah. in that he may have had he may have like had some kind of genuine message about like going out and stopping evil which is kind of a theme across these episodes the sense that like there's like there's like a, a there's a desire to stop and squash evil with the Daimon brothers. That's how it starts out, but then it gets corrupted. And here, also, Kabusawa is corrupted by it, in that he's like, he's now just is like collecting money from his followers, and he hasn't really done anything to stop Dobu. He's just set a lot of hot air. So that kind of puts him into the corner where he finally just like tracks him down and confronts him. And it, it turns out how you think it will.
2: He also fucks.
0: Are we going to leave that out? Oh, yeah, I mean... Are we going to gloss over the fact that Kabasawa
1: fucks? He's got to be loving that. (laughs) I mean, he's an active uh, pygmy hippo. It looks like there's plenty of interspecial relations uh, here. So there's that. But, yeah, and he's not a nice guy in that. Like She's like, oh, Kabasawa, you know, you got to you got to get Dobu and, you know, you really got to prove yourself because my friends are skeptical. And he's like, get out of here. Like, that's not very nice to put it blindly, but he does actually try and track down. He is looking for Dobu. So, you know, I give him props that he's not, he's not at least scared to find Dobu. He is, and he's making the effort to go out there and find Dobu and expose him. He's, he's making, he's doing that. Um, whether or not he's doing anything worthwhile, I would argue, no, he's not. And that comes to a head in episode nine um, with actually my least favorite scene of the entire anime so far when he and Dobu have their heart to heart, which I thought was very impractical regardless of whether or not of any view of the matter. It's like, first of all, Dobu has been shot. And I Dobu... Is like, you know, do you have a gun? You know, are you yeah. he's at least initially appropriately upset about what's going on. Presumably, he's just bleeding out of his leg. And you would think that his survival would be on his mind. Meanwhile, he's got this ridiculous hippo who threatens him. He throttles the hippo. Hippo immediately breaks down and gives up. Uh, and then they have this long heart to heart why'd you do this? Like, Dobu's not your therapist. And Dobu's got bigger problems to deal with right now. Like, I did not quite understand what was going on when Dobu was like, all right, I'm going to not gonna worry about the guy who actually actively has my gun and is around here. Instead, I'm going to focus on this hippo and we're going to we're gonna have a little heart-to-heart and then I'm going to manipulate him and take all of his stuff. I completely understand the latter point. Yes, go ahead, take all of his stuff. That's very Dobu appropriate. Um, but the whole, like, trying to psychoanalyze him was that one got me a little too far i actually do like it as the character i don't like it when you're actively bleeding
2: it's funny though <laughs> like, it's it's you know and it's it's showing it's showing duality of dovu that like on the one hand he's this scary ruthless criminal but he's he's also he's also he's also he's also got you know he's also got some he's also got some morals and some life experience there like he's not He's not a complete monster, maybe just like 75%. Think-
0: it feels like he has more of a code in sort of the old school gangster model. And Yano's more of the like new school of <laughs> just I get to do whatever. <laughs> like I'm sure like, because Yano is is taking over D- D- Dobu's like position, right? Like he's jockeying for more and more of Dobu's and pushing him out sort of. So like he's not respecting like the hierarchy and a lot of things like he's a young buck kind of although he's a hedgehog but I guess I guess that term there's certain animal terms that can't be applied to other animals within the show but what I'm trying to say is that I feel like Dobu has kind of a code and it doesn't seem like he wants to hurt Kabasawa. so I kind of like that it was surprising in that way I don't know I'm actually I'm okay with that whole scene because it it seemed like it was just gonna be a very predictable outcome and instead it went kind of in a different direction for me. I guess I, I
1: could have I could have gotten behind the outcome being what it was.
0: I'm right. It was the shot in the belly that was the problem, well, right?
1: Or wherever he shot. Like I just feel like... Was it the leg or the belly? I thought it was the leg.
0: It might have been the leg. But I
1: felt like Dobu was remarkably cool under pressure in that circumstance. And I... Like, the the outcome makes sense. The uh, The method of getting there was incredibly cerebral and calm for a guy who's... I mean, he's already, by the way, been in a massive knockdown, drag-out fight. Um, yeah. You know, like... At the moment, I have more respect for Dobu than any other character um, in the entire show, including Odakawa. Like, I'm almost rooting for Dobu. I'm like, you know, this guy's got it going on.
2: Well, Dobu's probably used to getting shot. Like, you know, you don't you don't you don't go into organized crime like, you know, you don't go into organized crime. Like, man, I'm just going like, to like, I'm going to nope out the moment I get crazed by a bullet or something.
1: Is Yano used to getting shot? Maybe no,
0: maybe no, because he's only he's younger. I just I just feel
1: like Dobu is no G. That's what I've got to say about Dobu.
0: That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. I mean, I've played through like five of those Yakuza games. I feel like
1: (laughs) I've seen I've seen Dobu's before in these games. I've seen I've played a lot of video games. And let me tell you about how tough people can be.
0: No, it's like Kiryu, Kiryu you know, from the, the Ryuga Gotoku or Yakuza series. Like, this sh, dude's been through a lot. <laughs> dude's been through a lot. So has the new guy. I can't remember his name right now. Ichi, Ichi something. We've also- anyway, I'm off topic.
2: I was going to say, we've also Go ahead, got the. the- we, we've also got kind of these contrasts in how the characters are dealing with their sunken, their sunken caught co- their sunken costs. Like Kakehana is still like holding on to the idea that, you know, baby Shiho likes him to the last absolute possible minute, even after he's like tied up and beat up. And she's telling him that like, no, this, you know, I never wanted to do this. Um, Kavasawa he, um, like, He'll, you know he'll he'll keep his sunken cost fell his sunken cost of jealousy going or his sunken cost going to like an extent like when when the fall fo- when the follower he sleeps with is just like well you got to do that well you got to do this like he go he go he goes, he goes and he goes and he goes and confronts Katobu it really just to maintain his to maintain his pride at that point or not even for not even pride his his facade his facade of pride. But then but then but then he caves. I, but then he caves. He caves at the like the first inopportune moment. Like he has yeah. he has no because backbone.
0: I agree with that completely. I when the scene happens between he and the girl and he lashes out at her, that felt like a fear response to me. Because he's he knows that she's right and that what he has to do is really it's really not what he wants to do is, which is to actually follow through with it. But then his masculinity, his pride, whatever you want to call it, has definitely taken a ding. So he's motivated to go there, but I mean, playing the hero, right. is completely different than being in an actual life and death situation in which you're confronted by the, the boogeyman or whatever you want to call it. So, uh, I felt like that was his big moment where he kind of came face to face with the reality of what he's been saying. Like, (laughs) I can't imagine this being like in real life where you're like, I'm going to catch, I don't know. Is there a criminal at large or something like that's caught the public eye recently or anything like that? Or like, what if it was like a kid from, I don't know, Poughkeepsie. Who's like, I'm going to catch Bin Laden
2: <laughs> first? You need a time machine, um, you know, yeah, and, then,
0: cool.
2: and then and then you have to figure it out from there. Um, I,
0: I... Bin Laden had great optics. He had great. He was he had a very good brand. Like it's very hard to remember all of the like people who followed after him in the in the hierarchy because <laughs> the, their names. Don't immediately come to mind. Is it
2: just saying he has a good brand? Is just the funniest way to put it.
0: <laughs> Don's not laughing. This is not a laughing matter. It's just, I've crossed a line now. It's,
2: it's hilarious. Um. I,
0: oh. I hope someone. I hope someone takes this clip and is like, "Bin Laden's got great
1: optics." <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just. I was just thinking about, like. You know, we've talked about Dobu and um, coming and having the standoff sort of on the pier or wherever they're actually doing this. And the previous episodes were a lot of buildup to that, you know, kind of the the slow integration into Yano's um, uh, operation, I guess is the right way to phrase it. And how, um, uh, uh, sorry, I forgot the name of our hero, Odakawa. How Odakawa, Odakawa. You know, managed to do some sort of, not sleight of hand, but was um, finding out more through the use of the desiring of the dash cam video um, and stuff of that nature. Um, but also at the end here, I was... One of the most interesting things to me is Otakawa definitely left Dobu to just sort of die. Um, and I can't tell if Dobu is upset about this or not. Like it's it's pretty clear that Otakawa is not is not he, he will help Dobu when it's convenient and not when it's not. And Dobu recognizes that. And I don't know if Dobu is actually gonna be mad about the way that this all went down. I I have not watched ahead, I I, so I don't know, I heard... but
0: I really like how they s- stack the various I mean he's got a lot Odakawa has a lot of balls in the air right now so to speak because he's trying to play he's trying to play Dobu but he's also trying to uh get Dobu arrested by partnering with the younger Daimon and he's now got to be on this heist to get the lottery ticket money from um, everyone knows who I'm Imai. talking about, but the skunk, <laughs> Imai, right? Yeah, is that right? So, like, if if anything goes wrong, it's like one of those situations where that the kind of house of cards he's building is going to come tumbling down on him. Uh, so he's got to play different people against each other, including Yamamoto, who he tries to convince to buy the, the footage for a billion dollars so he can buy some time. I guess that was Dobu's idea initially to keep him from, to, to keep him interested, but not uh, to hand over the footage from the dash cam. But um that's also at play. So some really interesting stuff in that regard too. Um. I like that we found out that uh, Nikaido Rui, the the leader of the Mystery Kiss group, that she's been well aware of these Badger games that are going on, and is is kind of cold and cruel about it.
2: And the dub she even calls uh, she even calls um, she even calls Ichimura a bitch, which that actually caught me off guard. But
0: yeah, yeah, it was well delivered. Like. I thought so too. I thought so too, and uh, just seeing how all of that works together. Um, is there anything in the episodes that we sort of have glossed over that we should go back to? Yes. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, Shirokawa. Shirokawa uh, comes clean with Goriki, and we can talk about the the doctor stuff if you like. I yeah. Would. I think. I'm... I think
2: we should talk about that. I episode eight is when we get the when we get the flashback of how. Otakawa met Kuriki originally when he was a pass when Kuriki was a passenger in his in his uh, in his taxi shock, you know, his taxi, not another vehicle. (laughs) And Kuriki kind of been interested in him since then, because he was able to he was able to, Odakawa was able to figure out so much about him. So again, I'm continuing episode eight. His his, enti- his entire his entire like motive behind this clinic is to figure out why Zodokawa is so good at recognizing people. I
0: didn't realize it was this whole motivation behind the clinic. I think it's I think it's was, I think it
2: was, that. There,
0: um, was there not a clinic before right. that? It would be so weird if someone was like, "I'm going to figure out what's wrong with you and run a clinic." All
2: right, don't put not don't don't put that. Don't I'm going to open, open that, a that. clinic
1: specifically with the idea. Right, of <laughs> <laughs> figuring you. do
0: no, Okay, that. well. Yeah, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine.
2: Yeah.
0: Um,
2: but it's like it's like his it's like his main personal mission.
0: Definitely. And we got little hints of that before this, but this is the first time it's become very blatant that there's something special about Orokawa. Um, he has a conversation with Dobu where he frames it almost like, I guess Dobu's the one who frames it as a superpower, but uh, Orokawa says basically he can recognize people uh, in a way that others can't. And if that's an, if that's someone normal talking, they're sort of like I'm very good with faces. But I, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't he isn't he shown a photo? Yeah. Or at the time, at the time, uh, Dobu is wearing a mask, and he's shocked for some reason that <laughs> Orikala can recognize him even though he's a baboon.
2: <laughs> yeah. Simultaneously we've got Glory sending he's he sends Okawa a photo and he's like, Who is that? Who is this shadowy figure? And Okawa's is just like that's Kakihana. And everyone else is like, I don't I don't know. How how do you know that's him?
0: Yeah, and they suggest that it's cause they can re- he can read their auras. Yeah.
2: I, I find I find the the boundaries and definition of his power to be like a little a little inconsistent or a little unclear with lots of conditions. It's not something I'm going to harp on because I'm at, like, I'm a believer that like the, the ultimate, the ultimate theme, you know, like the ultimate theme and the ultimate conclusion in a story matter more than like how the, how something specific, how something works, like the mechanics of how something work. But like, actually, actually for me, that, that conversation they have in the cafe is like the one part that really kind of stretches my, <laughs> that stretches my limit where it's like, all right, you know, I can see recognize people, but like only if I've seen them first or, Something. All right, that sounds that sounds silly when I say it
1: that way, but I like the way you said it. Um, well, but he needs to like get he needs to actually have enough data points mentally to then track them afterward. So that made sense to me. I think uh, it, it, I, I think what sums it up best for me is
0: like in the Thor movie when they introduce magic to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Initially, they basically use a quote from. I can't remember who, but from someone saying that science is adjacent to magic, you know, like it's just, it's just, it's so advanced that it's indistinguishable from magic.
1: Yeah. There's a famous quote to that effect where I don't remember who it was, but, you know, we will never Google it. uh, Rudimentary civilization. (laughs) I swear this now. Got it. Got it. But it's, and it's absolutely true. Um, You know, there's things today that if you show your parents, They'll like, ah, oh, that's, it's almost like magic. Or at least yeah. that's how my parents are reacting nowadays.
0: Well, it's like that joke. It's like that joke that if like Ben Franklin came back, what would he think of, like, what would he think of this country or whatever? If the founding fathers came back, you know, the conservative talking point, like, what would they think of the country? It's like, well, they'd be astounded that we have like, <laughs> that we have little, like all the knowledge in the universe in the palm of our hands and, magic cameras and video and neon lights and like, horseless carriages.
2: Ben Franklin wrote a book called Fart Proudly, so I'm like, he would he would absolutely love that we can just, like, record our farts.
0: Wait, are you serious?
2: He wrote a book, he wrote a, like, he has this, this, like, essay book that is called Fart Proudly. This is all the cool stuff they didn't teach us in school. Like, all the, I. Hey, a, a lot of a lot of these a lot of these like political figures and like mathematical figures too. Like they were just some musical figures. They were just some like really fucked up people. Like you know if they if they had told me in school that like Mozart was like really into like was really into poop jokes, like I probably would have paid more attention.
0: That's not untrue.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would. <laughs> I was, still, still holds true. I would still, I'd be like, yeah, you know, here's this, here's, you know, founding father. But you've heard about farts, and I'm like, oh, okay, you got my attention now. Like, He's just like me.
0: <laughs> did you ever see that movie, uh, Amadeus, where it tells the story yeah. of Mozart and Salier- Salieri? Salieri? Is that right? Yeah.
1: That extremely famous Academy Award-winning movie, yes?
0: Y- yeah, yeah. Well, okay, Don. when did it come out?
1: Uh, in the 80s, 1982?
0: So f- how many years ago was that, Dawn? <laughs> Forty, yeah. Do you think the kids today that it just automatically know this movie? I mean, unless no. it's memeing, unless it's memeing on TikTok.
2: Wait, we actually did watch that. In, we actually did watch that in school. Now I think of it.
0: That's right, so, weird. So to... Because it is, it is a he is a very fucked up person. Salieri <laughs> Mozart, or Mozart? Mozart was like a Mozart was like a party boy.
2: Yeah. All right. So I got him in my statements, like. I, I knew from that movie he was into he was into some poop jokes, but I didn't know the extent of it. That's that's really now that I'm uncovering that memory, but you know, it's probably a chance there are music teachers out there still showing that.
0: I love that performance though, because it's 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 so eighties, but it's also so like it's it's almost like a like a punk frat boy sort of vibe. Yeah, Who knows? Anyway. Was was Mozart like that? I don't know probably yeah i mean he, he had all that talent exactly nobody like nobody else was doing what he can do look at what happened to kanye west like right like if you were to make a movie about kanye west in a hundred years think of think of how he would come across on screen
2: exactly if like he does now i
0: oh, mean like- like you just have a whole section on him tweeting about how he does awesome things in bike stores.
1: Well, I mean, <laughs> but you raise a good question, which is what celebrities alive today will be remembered in a hundred years. Yeah. Um, Mozart didn't expect. even live that long for that matter.
0: No. And it was, um, it was more than a hundred years as being, you know,
1: no, but I mean, <laughs> ignorant. I, I think it's, a, I think it's a really valid question. I mean, sadly, the first one that comes to mind is Donald Trump, but
0: um i mean yeah as far as as far as u.s presidents go like we were we were obsessed with like nero and and uh and rome right so like everybody knows playing the fiddle or whatever while rome is burning even though that's probably not even close to what was happening but like that's the story that lasts through the through through the centuries are we gonna be around who knows Let's get back to the story of Omtaxi. Uh, is there anything else we didn't cover? Uh, I remember there was one scene that stuck out to me where um, Orikawa almost hit a cat on the street. Was this the first time we've seen like, an animal that's not like a person? No. Okay, so there's other <laughs> animals. <laughs> like, I'm curious.
2: Okay, episode four, um, Tanaka with his, with
0: his bird... Oh, that's right. There's a bird. We haven't seen any bird
1: people, have we? Bird people are weird. There, I said it.
0: There, you said
1: it.
2: I mean, I'm a bird person, and I agree. (laughs) I didn't mean bird Bird.
0: people that (laughs) like birds. I meant bird people as people who are birds. Do we have any?
1: Are any of our characters non-mammals?
2: Off the top of my head, I'm going to say no. I'm also going to
0: say no. We have not seen.
1: I, I'm not saying this is a. I've dropped a, a major piece of intelligence, but I, I thought that was interesting.
0: That is interesting. But it's it also doesn't... it's also the dilemma of Goofy versus Pluto, right? <laughs> they both are probably a dog, but one of them acts like a domesticated, sort of like our world dog. And one the of them one is like a person.
1: Yeah. And wears clothes. Who has
0: agency. <laughs>
2: was canonically fucked because he has kids
0: <laughs> oh that's right that's right I always forget that Goofy like went on to have a, a strong a, a valid life but we never saw Goofy's spouse um, was, maybe we did in the Goofy movie or the Goof Troop or Goofy movie 2 or whatever I mean I'm Didn't not the they, expert on Goofy lore I don't know it's, it's sort of a touchstone <laughs> for a generation just after me i didn't i only know i only remember goofy mostly as um as like the guy who's doing the sports thing and like there's a narrator that's making fun of him he's like gorsh cool like Uh, i I, I don't remember him as a loving
1: father i stand corrected or it's mrs goof or also known as mrs geef was the wife of goofy and mother of Goofy Jr. Well,
0: he's so lucky to have married in his like he's just he just married like a version of himself. She's pretty attractive. she's human She's
1: attractive. She's attractive I, Yes. I'm I'm sorry I haven't immediately immersed myself in all the goofy wife lore here, but <laughs> but yeah, from what I can tell.
2: In terms so of this- it, may,
0: huh? it may be like that.
2: I'm sorry. I'm trying to desperately trying to turn this back on topic. There, there are some things I think we should talk about. I think we can talk about Okawa rescuing a Kakihana.
1: <laughs> yes, that's an excellent <laughs> topic because Otakawa is extremely loyal, um, and you know, I it really cements to me how tight their relationship was because I had not, I had not, would not have a prior like I didn't think they were that that close of friends. Um, But Otakawa also remembers, he he calls him like, he basically calls him out as being lame. Um, But uh, he does that by saying like, hey, you remember that puzzle box that you used to have and you were really proud of and you showed all your friends and then you put like a stamp in it and your mom broke it? You were lame ever since that happened. It was so crazy. Sort of scene, but it obviously goes back to the fact that Otakawa really remembers everything about um, his friend and, and really, you know, cares about him.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it, it works. It breaks the it breaks the it breaks the tension. Like they know each other well enough that he knows that making that making a that making a that making kind of a mean spirited joke will actually will actually break the tension after he after Kakehana has suffered this extremely traumatic. It's an extremely traumatic experience. Like, he's going to be having nightmares for the rest of his life.
1: So he rescues <laughs> him from Yano, but he hasn't necessarily rescued him from the loan sharks.
2: No, I, I mean, I mean, he's not swimming in money. Probably not swimming at all with his fear of water, but... Ah, <laughs> oh, didn't then sing. I know, I know. I'm killing it today. Um... <laughs> I also I also really love the scene where Kakihana th- you know, goes he throws away he throws away the ring off the bridge, you know it's like, you know, showing like he's moving on from this. But then he actually goes back down into the water and gets it.
0: Yeah, that's so, a very independent independent movie sort of moment there for him.
2: <laughs> it's, you know, it's 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 it it show it, it it shows it shows it you know he sees grown, but he's still himself at his core. Now he's going to go rescue this counterfeit ring for,
0: I don't, I don't know what reason. <laughs> As a child of the 90s who had to sit through many a scene of of a dad who was just trying to, like, get and connect with his kids again, who ends up throwing his phone off of a bridge. <laughs> i I definitely could see wanting your phone back since it has all of your like business contacts and like emergency numbers and your mother's number and like a record of your text messages, etc. cetera. In Whatever. the nineties though. In the nineties, maybe, no, maybe not.
2: Which is <laughs> like, probably it... how people get rid of them these days. You
0: know, we had phones in <laughs> 1997, so it's still technically the nineties. I don't know. <laughs> But there was a lot of movies like that where like, the, they were definitely um, ad executives and they definitely spent too much time making money to supply their children with a comfortable life and not enough time paying attention to them and their science project and or, you know, uh, music recital. So throw your phones off a bridge. Anyway, when he threw the ring off, I was reminded, almost like with a sort of vague PTSD of all the times I've watched people symbolically throw things into bodies of water.
1: Yeah, that was dumb.
0: But like Victoria said, it became funny slash pathetic slash like shoegazery when he went back and got it anyway, or tried to get it. So it worked out. Uh, That was a really brutal scene when he called his mom. It was like, he was crying and I was really feeling it. Um, And And his mom
2: doesn't alert anyone, but. Oh, no. (laughs) So I'm just like, all right, man, he's at it again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, clearly. He's back on the sauce, I guess.
0: Did Mama Kangaroo, did uh, did she react at all to him not being there? Or I forget. Yeah.
2: She's she's the one who tells Otakawa that he's been that he's been missing. I think. Okay,
0: that that's Which, how it happens. I couldn't remember.
2: And actually, that's that that's what we're gonna say. That's where the part where Otakawa's power is a little is a little muddy to me because it's it's weird to me that if he does he takes that long. It's kind of like a plot convenient thing that he takes that long to recognize that Ichimura. He knows he knows her because he saw her on the dating app. And like, eh, you know, again, it's not really that important. Like, how the mechanics of it work, but.
0: No, like and <laughs> it's just a good way to connect all the pieces together um uh, and we're we're at episode nine, so we've only got three episodes left, right, or is it four yeah four four we've got four episodes left, and we still are no closer to solving this mystery,
2: <laughs> and we get thrown another loop because then at the end of at the end of episode nine, Geriki who's been under the impression that. Odokawa's parents just went away and never came back and that's why he's been living alone. He talks to he talks to Odokawa's landlady. She's saying you know, he's, his his rent is paid for for life from this um this sort of unnamed profit, non-nonprofit for orphans. And she's his like dedicated guardian.
0: Yeah.
2: But still Odokawa's been pay, been paying her. For, he's been paying her for rent saying he wants the money given back to the organization and eventually to move out so he's not causing her any burdens especially with the you know the fact he's got people shooting into his window now um, but anyway you know she when, when she when she finds out that Gariki just thinks his parents are gone she's like no 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 he they, like they're dead <laughs>
0: like, and that's and that's a relief off
1: yeah it's the the, the plot only thickens
0: or are they no they're dead <laughs> <laughs> or are they
1: I, they're, I alive I mean, the
0: they're alive in our hearts.
2: They're alive in our hearts? Yeah. I don't know our what they
1: feel
0: like. Oh my goodness. Could you imagine, Don, that that's what's in his closet? His
1: parents? His desiccated parents? I mean, I hope they're desiccated, otherwise they're going to smell awful.
0: I mean, what if, Don? I'm just going to throw out some scenarios for you both. What if we? What if he opens the closet... And it's just a golden glow, and they never tell you what's in there, <laughs> a la Pulp Fiction.
1: I was about to make a Pulp Fiction reference. Um, what if I will be annoyed because that I, I I like my mysteries to be resolved.
0: Good. What if it's um, him?
1: What if it's him? Like a mirror, or like literally another Otakawa?
0: Another Otakawa.
2: Yeah, like Twin Peaks. We have like. That's, that's the, that's the, his closet is the entrance to the Black Lodge and we have the evil. Full college, disclosure. Happened, I yeah. never
1: watched Twin Peaks. I mean, um, that's what
2: happens. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what happens when the TV, when the TV, the original TV show ends. <laughs>
1: um, I mean, I don't, I still don't know what's in the closet. So I'm, you know, I, I, I'm speculating. Um, but I am under the impression that there is something wrong with Otakawa, and therefore, there's something wrong in the closet. Uh, I don't think it's another Otakawa or a black mirror. So,
0: okay, all right. You got any to to throw in there, Victoria?
2: No, I think I think I made my good joke there with the Twin Peaks reference. Um, it was it was good. Just, uh, just kind of going back some things talked before. Like Don, I know you were monitoring the bullet count. Oh good point out, yeah.
1: I was what are we up to? Is this four one in the house, one at the um at the nightclub, one into dobu I think there was another one, but I don't recall
0: you failed
1: <laughs> I did I failed. <laughs> It's either, it's obviously at least three, but maybe four.
0: Okay. I don't remember. Um, But you, I I believe, I believe there were supposed to be two uh, at one point. Two what? Bullets? Yeah, there were two bullets fired either at the club or outside, doesn't he doesn't he shoot up into the air at one point
1: well he does that at the club then then he does he shoot up in the air at the club and then he also shoots at um the comedian
0: yes so yeah, that's that two sounds
1: right so we are at four
0: all right cool um we're at an hour so if you guys want to wrap it up i will uh I'll take it back down again, uh, unless you have something else.
1: Take it up, take it down.
2: Trivia. So the conversation that what's her face, um, Taiko relates having has having had Doraku in her tavern. You can actually hear that in one of the audio dramas. Um, other other trivia. Other trivia. So I looked at Kavasawa's Twitter like, you know, well well well, well look at I looked at it in the beginning and. You, you kind of you knew how you knew how his arc was going to end because well, you knew how his arc was going to end that he was eventually going to post this apology video and like Renée on this um on his mission, but you didn't you didn't know how. So it was so it was an interest it was interesting coming from that coming from that having the knowledge of how it was going to end, or that you know knowing the knowing the end but not knowing the journey and just seeing it play out as the playing out as this like strange heart to heart. Between you know, of this hardened criminal and really a really self um, self loathing college student
0: was great. Was great. Very cool. Yeah, I. It's not like I, 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 think that I wouldn't have cared if I was spoiled by how that by by, like, the the the, naked plot of what happens in that storyline, but. I'm glad it wasn't for those people that were following the Twitter spoiled like exactly how it happened, because that would have been sort of anticlimactic. It's
2: Okashiku Ikoyo, right? Like, can you just write it on the chat? So I'm not. Oh, there you are. Yeah.
1: I'm back now. Can you just
2: write the catchphrase out in in the chat so I don't like mispronounce it again?
1: Uh, does this mean my recording is still going? And it it kind of seems like it is still going.
2: Or restarted, maybe. I, hope, I, I still on the I'm same locked.
1: timer at the top. I don't know. Okay. I mean, I definitely just lost internet connection for about... 30 seconds, which is the current problem I face. Oh, we're doing the catchphrase. I was wondering what uh, you were talking about, Victoria. I was like, which catchphrase is she yeah. talking I? It was only gone for 30 seconds. <laughs>
2: you do don't do speak in Japanese,
1: piece. right? Yeah. Do you want one A- last? Less...
2: I was going to ask if you want one last piece of trivia first, but. Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it might it might be it might be hard to squeeze him, anyway, I like that both um, both Odokawa and Kawasawa have described wanting to bring Dobo to his knees. I thought that was I thought that
0: was a cute little parallel, going about
2: it in different ways.
0: Wait, was there one that was like, I want to bring him to? His... Wait, wait, what are we? Doing? I
2: don't know. <laughs> they they both used they both used use the words. On Kawasawa said it in one of his videos. Otakawa, uses it to describe use it to describe what he wants to do in his conversation with little diamond.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
2: It's 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 a it's a cute little parallel. I like stuff like that.
0: Well that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> I, I feel like I've gotta fit that in somewhere. I've gotta like I've yeah. gotta put it like I've gotta splice it and like put yeah. it somewhere where we were talking about Kawasawa or Odakawa like and the Dobu story. Yeah. But, those are good it was, facts. Thank you. I was on my
2: note and I wanted to say it before. I didn't
0: have the time. Anyway. Anyway, we are out of time on this show. Actually, we're not out of time. We could keep going forever. but
1: No, guys, no, we can't. You guys don't really. <laughs> the,
0: the listeners don't really want us to go forever, right? Or do I, they?
1: I, <laughs> I can't give the listeners what they want if that's what they want.
0: That's true. We're only mortal. Here on Okashina Podcast. Depressingly
1: mortal, I might say.
0: Here on Okashina Podcast, we're only mortal. And I haven't slept in quite some time, so I'm going to go catch some Zs. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back to talk about the next three episodes and then the finale. Uh, So please keep coming back. Anyway, we're part of the podcast. The moon... Anyway, we're part of the Moonshot Podcast Network. If you want to support them, they have a Patreon. Moonshot Pod, I think, is the name of the po- Patreon. I don't know; just look it up. Great, great job. We do a, we do a lot of great things. Um, Very compelling. We're gonna. I'm gonna be in. We do a lot of charity stuff, and I just got cast as Donna in the. Musical table read of *Mamma Mia*. <laughs> I've only seen *Mamma Mia* once, but I like *Abba* enough that I thought it was, it was it was uh, it was a good, good to pursue. So that's going to be fun. That's probably not coming out until sometime in September, October. But I'm really excited about that. You guys, got anything going on that you want to plug? <laughs> all right. I usually make the 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 uh the throw at the end after the show's been recorded, so don't worry about it. I have like a canned like uh like super fast read of all of the like socials and stuff. All right. Thanks all for watching, and as we always say at the end of the show. Okashuku
1: ikoyo.
2: Try that again. As
0: that we down. always say at the end of the show, Okashiku Ikoyo. It always sounds like it's not on time, but then I just, I use my cutting tool
1: riley yeah andrew do you want to make a podcast ad i I do but what would we mention so i think that we could probably put together an ad for a show called the podcast minds Ah. there but for the grace of pod go we you know it's a podcast where we both pitch each other podcast ideas instead of doing one ourselves yeah it's a podcast pilot pitching project totally it's we should mention that it's a comedy show right where we throw out ideas like getting weirdly deep into the themes of jumanji is that one a podcast? No, no. Uh, I, I, it's, a, it's a podcast idea that is actually a front for me to talk to you about hyperfixations I got. Oh, that's uh, most of the things that you hit me with. Uh, what about instead if we just talked about all the different ways you could do a rewatch of Lost? Oh, that sounds like you just did what I did, but you said it in a positive voice. Okay. And along the way, what if we pitched ideas like, I don't know, Epic Rap Battles of Mystery, the Lin-Manuel Miranda podcast. Listen to the podcast minds. There before the grace of pod, go we on your podcatcher of choice on the Moonshot Network. Hi-ho! Hi-ho! Every Friday. Welcome, welcome to the best idea for a podcast of all time. This is Champs in the Making, a Pokemon bracket podcast where we take every one of these creatures in the Pokemon video game franchise, put them in a bracket together, and find out which one the best one is.
2: Starmie gives me like organic, free range, gluten free, like fidget spinner energy. Swallow Could swallow a entire hole in one gulp. Ladybug looks like it is ready to give you so many high fives with each of its little mitten hands. <laughs> I don't like Weirdear's face. It's got a big testicle for a nose, for sure. <clears throat> I think Nido King's favorite beer is PBR.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Champs in the making. A Moonshot Network podcast about Pokemon. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts, or first at Patreon.com/slash/MoonshotNetwork.